What do Christians actually believe? There are so many different types of churches out there, all doing things so differently. It's like a buffet of Christianity out there. Do Christians actually agree on anything? Well, there is one unifying force that brings us all together, like glue holding a puzzle, the creeds. If you want to know what all Christians believe, then look at the creeds. Here's what's coming up. I'm going to tell you why the creeds are important, and then I'm going to introduce you to the four most important creeds for us as Christians. And then finally, I'm going to explain why we still need the creeds today. So let's dive straight in. And welcome to the Faith in a Busy World podcast with me, Steve Griffiths. No matter if you prefer the hymns of an old school church or the energetic worship of contemporary gathering, the creeds are the common ground on which we all stand. The creeds are like a big, warm, theological hug that wraps around every Christian, no matter where they're from or how they do church. The creeds are like a giant neon sign that says, hey, we may do things differently, but we're all part of the same family. Think of the creeds as a secret code that unlocks the core beliefs of Christianity. They're like the cheat sheet that give us a sneak peek into what Christians hold near and dear to their hearts. Throughout history, Christians have come together and crafted these powerful statements of faith. They've poured their hearts and minds into these creeds, distilling centuries of wisdom into bite-sized chunks. They're like treasure maps that guide us through the vast sea of Christian beliefs and traditions. And the creeds have really stood the test of time, passed down from generation to generation like a precious family heirloom. They connect us not only to our fellow believers today, but also to the faithful Christians who lived centuries ago. So a fair question to start with is this, what are the creeds? The word creed comes from the Latin word credo, which means I believe. Creeds are a statement or set of beliefs that guide or define a person, group or organisation. It's a way of saying, hey, this is what we stand for. And the Christian creeds lay out the essential beliefs and teachings of the faith. Now, there's a ton of stuff that Christians can have different opinions about. Political views, how church should be structured, uh, how old you need to be to receive baptism, the relationship between Christianity and other faiths, and so on. We don't all have to agree on these issues because they're not central to the Christian faith. But what is central, what defines Christianity, is what we all believe about the nature of God and who Jesus is and what he's done for us and how we're saved. And so it's around these issues that the creeds were formed, the essentials of the faith, if you like, not human opinions about secondary issues. And there's five ways in which the creeds keep the church on track. Firstly, creeds give us a solid foundation by summing up the most important theological truths. Second, they set boundaries for what are acceptable beliefs and help us see when something is heading towards heresy territory. Thirdly, creeds give us a common language and shared understanding of faith, which makes it easier to connect and work together across the churches. Fourthly, the creeds keep us rooted in history and connected to the early Christians. By sticking to these ancient creeds, Creeds, we are making sure that our faith stays true to its roots and doesn't veer off into weird interpretations. Fifth, they give us serious accountability. Creeds are like the official statements of church faith. So if somebody starts talking crazy stuff, we can measure it against the creed and call them out. So in a nutshell, creeds regulate the life of the church and keep us away from the heresy danger zone. They lay down the foundation. They keep us in line. They unite us. They connect us 
to history and give us some serious authority and accountability. But what gives creeds their authority? How do we know that they represent the true Christian faith? Well, again, there's five answers to that. First, the content of the creeds is straight out of the Bible. The creeds don't teach anything that isn't in the Bible, and they summarise what the Bible teaches us about God, Jesus, and salvation. Second, the creeds have historical significance. They've been around for hundreds of years, and the fact that they've stood the test of time gives them real weight and authority. Third, and Here's a fancy term for you. The creeds have what's called ecumenical consensus, which means that they're agreed upon by people representing every mainstream Christian tradition. The creeds are the collective understanding of the church about what's essential in our faith. Fourth, they have what is known as confessional commitment, which means that every church in history has adopted the creeds as part of their own commitments. And fifth, the creeds were inspired by the Holy Spirit. As Christians, we trust that the Holy Spirit has played a role in inspiring and affirming these essential truths expressed in the creeds. So these creeds aren't just some random statements. They carry real weight within the Christian tradition. Okay, That's enough background. Let's dive into the creeds themselves. And I'm going to introduce you to four of them, starting with the earliest, the Apostles' Creed. So the Apostles' Creed has been around for centuries now. It's like a time capsule taking us back to the early days of the church. Now, we don't know its exact origin, but it probably dates from way back to the second or third century AD. And even though it's called the Apostles' Creed, it's not actually written by the apostles themselves. It's called that because it affirms the teachings of the apostles. It's short and pretty simple, like a kind of faith summary hitting the key points of Christianity. And it covers our belief in God as the all-powerful Father who created everything, Jesus Christ as the Son of God, our Saviour, the Holy Spirit, the Church, forgiveness of sins, resurrection and eternal life. The key elements to what Christians believe. It's kind of like a universal high five amongst all believers. And it's such an important creed because even though the apostles didn't exactly sit down and write it themselves, it's like a bridge between then and now. And throughout history, the Apostles' Creed has been used as a super handy teaching tool. It's a bit like a cheat sheet for foundational Christian doctrines, easy to understand and easy to remember. So when people are being prepared for baptism or confirmation or just exploring what it means to be a Christian, they've often attended a course that takes them through the Apostles' Creed. And in many churches, the Apostles' Creed is recited each week during worship, like a collective declaration of our shared beliefs, bringing us together as a community. It's a reminder that we're not alone on the journey. We're in this together, supporting and encouraging one another along the way. Okay, let's move on to the heavy hitter of creeds, the Nicene Creed. This was written at the First Council of Nicaea in AD 325. The Emperor Constantine called this council together to clear up some major theological controversies, especially about the nature of Jesus. There was some deep debate at that time about who Jesus actually was, and a theologian called Arius was teaching that Jesus was not truly God. Arius said that Jesus was like the firstborn of all creation, so he was a godlike creature, but not actually 
actually divine. And things really kicked off. There were riots happening across the Roman Empire. Bishops were sent into exile and were replaced by new bishops who supported Arius. So Constantine called all the church leaders together to thrash it out and they came up with the Nicene Creed which affirms that Jesus is truly God-made man and of the same substance as God the Father. And the Nicene Creed is still recited in many churches today whenever there's a Holy Communion service. Okay, let's move on to the third of our creeds called the Chalcedonian Creed. The debate about the nature of Jesus wasn't settled at Nicaea. Debates still raged about who he actually was. And there was one particularly big argument between two opposing groups called the Monophysites and the Diophysites. The Monophysites believed that Jesus had only one nature, that he was fully God and wasn't really human at all. And the Diophysites believed that Jesus had two natures, that he was both fully human and fully divine. So another council was called the Fourth Ecumenical Council by the Roman Emperor Marcion. And over 500 bishops got together at Chalcedon, which is in modern-day Turkey, to thrash the issue out. And eventually they came up with a creed or definition that defined Jesus as having two distinct natures, human and divine. And the phrase that they used was hypostatic union, which means Jesus was fully God and that his humanity didn't lessen his God nature. And he was also fully human and his divinity didn't lessen his humanity. Fully God, fully human. Okay, let's move on to the fourth of our creeds, the Athanasian Creed. At the heart of what we believe as Christians is the doctrine of the Trinity, believing in one God who is three persons, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Now, not surprisingly, there were some really heated debates in the early church about the Trinity with lots of heresies swirling around. Arianism denied the divinity of Jesus. Sabellianism denied that God was three persons, but that the Father, Son and Holy Spirit was just three different aspects of the one God and so on. There were loads of views about whether the Trinity was an accurate definition of God and whether it reflected the biblical worldview. And so the Athanasian Creed was written. It was named after the theologian Athanasius, but it wasn't written by him. He'd been dead for about a hundred years by then, but it did reflect his teaching. It was probably written in the late 5th or early 6th century. It is an incredible creed. It leaves no stone unturned. It affirms that the Father, Son and Holy Spirit are all equal and eternal. It affirms the humanity and the divinity of Christ. It articulates in the most amazing way what is now taken as the Orthodox Christian doctrine of the Trinity. It's like a theological GPS system helping us to navigate our way through complex ideas about the trinity and the incarnation so that's the four creeds of the christian faith but why are they still important to us today well the creeds aren't just dusty old texts gathering dust on a shelf no way they are like roadmaps that guide us through the twists and turns of our faith journey so whether you're reciting a creed during a worship service or studying them in a theology class or simply holding on to their words in your heart these creeds are a real source of inspiration and strength they've stood the test of time guiding countless generations of believers. Yes, there are still plenty of things that Christians disagree about, which political party to vote for, how we should structure our churches, issues around gender and sexuality, how we should relate to other world faiths and so on. But none of these issues are central tenets of the Christian faith. 
What do Christians believe? Fundamentally, it's all in the creeds. They are like a compass that pointers in the right direction, a lighthouse guiding us through the stormy seas of doubt and confusion. So I invite you to embrace the creeds, cherish them, and let them ignite a fire of faith within you. So thanks for your time today. I hope you found this podcast useful, and I look forward to being back with you again very soon. Bye-bye.